0: Welcome to Peace by Believing with John Redmond, Associate Pastor of First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas. If you can We invite you to turn in your Bibles to Revelation chapter 18 as we see the tribulation come to an end during today's message, When the World Economy Collapses. If you have your Bible, I
1: wish you would open it to the book of Revelation in chapter number 18. Now, as I said last week, chapters 17 and 18 do not give us any additional judgments that will come on the earth during the Great Tribulation. The judgments end at the end of chapter 16 with the bowl judgments. But what we have in Revelation 17 and 18 are some highlights of things that will be happening during that seven-year period, during the seal, trumpet, and bowl judgments. And so last week in chapter 17, we, we talked about false religion because the Great Tribulation will be characterized by false religion, people will be worshiping everybody but God, and at the midpoint of the tribulation, the Antichrist will demand that everybody will worship him. And so there'll be some dirty politics mixed in with that false religion. Because remember what I said at the beginning of the tribulation, the Antichrist will make a peace treaty specifically with the nation of Israel. He will allow them to rebuild their temple and say, y'all can worship your God. And everybody will have the freedom to worship their God. But midway through the tribulation period, and we read about this, by the way, in Daniel chapter nine and verse 27. Daniel nine twenty-seven says that at the midpoint of the tribulation, the antichrist will break his covenant and he will demand that everyone worship him in revelation 13 we saw that it is at this point in the tribulation that he will demand people take the mark of the beast the number 666, either on their hand or on their forehead. And if you don't have the mark of the beast, you can't buy food, you can't buy groceries, you can't function normally in society. And not only that, as the tribulation period comes to an end, if you don't have the mark of the beast, the Antichrist is going to kill you. So it's dirty politics and it's false religion. Now, in chapter number 18, which is where we are this morning, we're reading more about this place called Babylon, and Babylon is the main uh, place of and the main subject of Revelation chapter number 18. Now, the city Babylon is a very interesting city in the Bible. In fact, other than Jerusalem itself, Babylon is the most mentioned city in the Bible. Did you know that it is mentioned 287 times in the Bible and there's never a good reference to it? All the mentionings and all the references to Babylon are negative because it has always been an evil, wicked, sinful place. And during the tribulation, it is is in this place, in this location, that the Antichrist, will set up his financial empire. And so when we think of uh, the financial empire today in our world, we think about Wall Street. Well, during the Great Tribulation, the Wall Street of the world will be Babylon. Now, Babylon is both a city and a system. And I want to develop that in just a moment. But first, let's talk about the city. There's some who believe, in fact, David Jeremiah pastors out in San Diego, California, and is really an authority on the book of Revelation, the end time studies. He believes that Babylon, which is a city 50 miles south of Baghdad in modern day Iraq, he believes that Babylon will be rebuilt during the tribulation period. And that physical place, that exact city, will be where the Antichrist will headquarter his financial empire. Dr. Jeremiah also believes that Rome, the city of Rome, will be the place where the Antichrist will uh, headquarter his political empire, and he, he says that based on a verse we looked at last week in chapter 17 and verse 9 as it describes a city that is sitting on seven mountains or seven hills. And that's commonly a way that the city of Rome is referred to. And then Dr. Jeremiah believes that the city of Jerusalem will be where the Antichrist will headquarter his religious empire. So think about that. Jerusalem is where the religious uh, world and center of the Antichrist's reign will be. And I do believe that's certainly true. I don't think anybody would question that because it is in Jerusalem in the rebuilt temple where the Antichrist will go and sit himself in the most holy place, the place reserved for God. And the Antichrist will demand to be worshiped. So to say that Jerusalem will be the religious center of for the Antichrist during the tribulation. I don't think there's any question about that. Rome being the political uh, center, makes sense. Babylon being the uh, financial center, makes sense. I'm not 100 percent sure if, if, those, if Rome and Babylon will be the actual cities, or if, it are, if it's other cities, and the Bible is using the name Babylon just to describe wickedness and evil. For example, we have in First Peter chapter five in verse 13, Peter is writing a letter from Rome, and he describes Rome. As Babylon. And so sometimes in the Bible, the name Babylon is used not necessarily to describe the literal place, but it is used to describe sinfulness and wickedness and evil. And that's why I'm saying 287 references to Babylon in the Bible, none of them are good. And so today, when we come to chapter 18, whether we are reading about a rebuilt Babylon 50 miles south of Baghdad, or whether the mention of Babylon is referring to some other geographical location. I don't know that for sure, but I know this. The the place that is being described in Revelation chapter 18, it is a city and it is a system. It's not just a place, it is a system and it is a mindset. And so just like we read last week in 1 John there's the Antichrist, but there are also other Antichrist who are out in the world who don't believe in Jesus. There's the spirit of Antichrist in the world today. And last week, we said that all false religion is, is characterized by those who do not confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Well, in the same way that there's a the spirit of Antichrist, there's also a spirit of Babylon today. And that's why, to me, whether... The reference here to Babylon is the exact location of the Babylon in Bible times or some other location. That's not the most important thing. The most important thing we understand is when the Antichrist sets up his kingdom, and this morning we're looking specifically at the financial empire that he will set up, it is characterized by wickedness, evil, and sin. And so what I want to do at this point is to give you a definition for the spirit of Babylon. Wherever it is, I want to give you a definition for the spirit of Babylon. And as I describe this, I think you will agree that this spirit is already present in the world today. It is obviously present. And during the tribulation, it will become even more so. So, what is the spirit of Babylon? It is a mindset that believes that the purpose of life is to make a lot of money, to own a lot of things, and to have. A lot of fun. Now, I want to say that again. What is the spirit of Babylon? It is a mindset that believes that the purpose of life is to make a lot of money, to own a lot of things, and to have a lot of fun. Now, we don't have to be living during the Great Tribulation to see that spirit of Babylon in the world today, but do you notice one thing obviously missing from that spirit of Babylon? I mean, it's so obvious you can't miss it. G-O-D. There's no God in the spirit of Babylon. It's all about me, and it's all about money, and it's all about how much I own, and it's all about how well I live, and it's all about having more money, and having more lands, and having more things. Me, 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 me. More, 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 more. And it's all about whatever makes me happy. And during the tribulation, this will become. More and more, and so as we think today about Babylon, and we're going to work our way through, and we can do it fairly quickly. We're going to work our way through Revelation chapter 18. But as we think our think about Babylon, I want to make two statements this morning about it. First, first of all, Babylon is a wicked, wicked place. Now, in chapter number 18, look with me, beginning in verse number one. Babylon is a wicked place. Verse one, after these things, John said, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was illuminated with his glory. And he cried mightily with a loud voice saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit, and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. And so any description of evil that you can imagine is, is accurate when describing Babylon. That's what uh, this angel here is giving. Verse 3, "...for all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication." The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her and the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. When it's talking about fornication with Babylon, what it's really talking about there is just worshiping other gods, a life that is void and empty of God. And so it's spiritual adultery. And here it's referred to as spiritual fornication. It is a wicked place. Look in verse number five, for her sins have reached to heaven and God has remembered her iniquities. Do you remember back in Genesis chapter 11, the beginning of Babylon, where the people said, let's build up a tower that reaches up into the heavens. Let's build a name for ourselves. And God came down and destroyed that tower and scattered all the people. And that city was called Babel because you couldn't understand what people were saying. He confused all their languages. Well, that was the birthplace of Babylon. Babel in the Bible and Babylon, it's the same place. And it means confused and confusing because that's what it is. Everybody's confused about God and who to Worship and how to live their lives. Well, in chapter 18 now of Revelation, it's not talking about a tower being built up that reaches up into the heavens. It's talking about the people's sins. Their sins have reached up higher than that tower ever was able to reach up, and now their sins have reached heaven. It's like a tower of sin that has reached heaven. And again, look at the end of verse 5. It says, And God has remembered her iniquities. Now, Those of us who are saved, thankfully, that will never be said of us. Because it says in Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse 34, God said, I will remember their sins no more. When we confess our sins to God, when we ask Jesus Christ to forgive our sins, God does that, he forgives us, he cleanses us, he washes those sins away, he casts those sins behind his back into the depths of the sea, and he forgets those sins and he doesn't remember them anymore. But for those who've never been saved, it's the opposite. Here it says, God has remembered her iniquities. I cannot imagine anything worse than to one day stand before God in judgment and for God to remember all of my sins." I'm so thankful that God has forgiven all of my sins and forgotten my sins. And when I sin now, I confess and repent and ask him to forgive me. And he's faithful and just to cleanse me of my sins uh, and uh, cleanse me of all of that unrighteousness. And the same is true for you. But many one day will stand before God at the great white throne judgment. And we'll be studying that in a few weeks, the final judgment of the unsaved. And God, as he is judging the lives of those who have rejected Jesus Christ, will remember every sin they ever committed, every evil thought they ever had, every unkind word they ever spoke, every evil and wicked act that they ever did. They may have forgotten some of their own sins, but God will remember all of them and God will judge them. And so here it just makes me cringe and almost... It just gives me shivers to think about what it's saying here, that God has remembered her iniquities and God will, will will not forget those and God will judge those. So first thing I'm saying here today is that Babylon is a very wicked place. The second thing I would say, not only is Babylon a wicked place, Babylon is a waning place. Babylon is not going to last forever. Now, what we saw last week in Revelation chapter 17 we saw that the Antichrist, after he had given everybody the freedom to worship to worship whoever they wanted to worship, midway through says, now you have to worship me. And the people who don't worship the Antichrist, the Antichrist is going to kill. And so he, he's evil and it is dirty, dirty, dirty politics. Well, in chapter 18, we see it's a little bit different. Because in 18, it is God himself who is destroying Babylon. In chapter 17, God used the Antichrist and God used the the puppet kings that went along with his empire to destroy uh, the sinful people in the world. But in chapter 18, there are other people who've not been judged and punished yet. And now God himself takes it upon himself to perform this judgment himself. And so I say that Babylon is a waning. You say, John, what do you mean by waning? Here's what I'm saying, the spirit of Babylon the purpose of life is to make a lot of money, to own a lot of things, and to have a lot of fun. What I'm saying to you is that's waning. That is going away. That is, that is not going to last forever. And so you have to look at how you're living your life and I have to look at how I'm living mine. And if that's how we're living our life, we are sailing a sinking ship because we're, that, that life one day will come to an end and God himself will see to it. So look with me beginning in verse number six as we get a description here of how God is going to bring the financial empire of the Antichrist to a sudden crashing end. As I said earlier, it is the the stock market crash to end all stock market crashes. The stock market will completely bottom out. Now, in our lifetimes, we've seen what they call stock market crashes, but the market always comes back. When this one crashes, it will not be coming back at all. And you say, well, if you're living during this time, it'd be better to have your money in the bank. Your money will be of no value in the bank. Your money would be of no value under your mattress because when God gets finished destroying the financial empire, your money will be worthless and you can't do anything with it. There's not even anything to buy anymore. So look in verse number six. Render to her just as she rendered to you and repay her double according to her works. In the cup which she has mixed Mixed double for her, in the measure that she glorified herself and lived luxuriously, in the same measure, give her torment and sorrow. For she says in her heart, I sit as queen, and am no widow, and will not see sorrow. And so the Antichrist and this this wicked financial empire is is basically saying I'm the queen of the world. I'm running, I'm running the world. That's the attitude in Babylon. I'm not sad. I'm not sorrowful. I'm not like a widow. And yet, Babylon is a widow, actually, in a, in, a, in a very bad way because Babylon has forsaken the Lord. I think about what it says in Isaiah chapter 54 in verses 4 and 5 about widows who know God personally. And it says for these ladies who have lost their husbands that God will be their husband. And so... They're widows, humanly speaking, but in a spiritual sense, God is their husband. God is their provider. God is their protector. God pays extra close attention to widows. And now during this time, the spirit of Babylon says, I'm not a widow. Don't, you know, no sorrow here, no sadness here. And actually Babylon is a widow because Babylon has forsaken God. And so look in verse eight, therefore her plagues will come In one day, death and mourning and famine, and she will be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judges her. And so the Bible is saying this financial empire that has ruled the world is coming down in one day. Just like, it won't be a gradual thing like that. No, the stock market's gonna fall in one day. Let's read on. It even it's gonna fall faster than that. Verse nine, the kings of the earth who committed fornication and live luxuriously with her will weep and lament for her when they see the smoke of her burning. So the city is literally gonna be destroyed. Standing at a distance for fear of her torment, saying, alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour, your judgment has come. Now, a moment ago, it said in one day, but now it's even getting more specific and it's saying in one hour, your judgment has come. And the merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her for no one buys their merchandise anymore. They don't buy it because they've lost their money. Merchandise of gold and silver, precious stones and pearls, fine linen. And in verses 12 and 13, 28 different commodities are mentioned here. And it's saying that It is of no value. No one is buying and no one is selling. The empire has fallen. Verse 14, the fruit that your soul longed for has gone from you and all the things which are rich and splendid have gone from you and you shall find them no more at all. The merchants of these things who became rich by her will stand at a distance for fear of her torment, weeping and wailing and saying, alas, alas, that great city that was clothed in fine linen, purple and scarlet, and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, now watch verse 17, for in one hour such riches came to nothing. That is, in one hour, all the money has disappeared. The value of that money uh, ha- is, is nothing now. Every shipmaster, all who traveled by ship, sailors and as many as trade on the sea, stood at a distance and cried out when they saw the smoke of her burning saying. What is like this great city? They threw dust on their heads and cried out, weeping and wailing and saying, Alas, alas, that great city in which all who had ships on the sea became rich by her wealth. Here it is again. For in one hour she is made desolate. Rejoice over her, O heaven, and you holy apostles and prophets, for God has avenged you on her. Now look in verse 21. Then a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence the great city of Babylon shall be thrown down and shall not be found anymore. Now, in verses 22 and 23, I want to read these, but as I do, I want you to be listening and thinking about all the things on the earth that just normally happen in life that will no longer be happening. Before we read the verses, let me just highlight this for you. At this point in the, in the tribulation, there will be no more music. There will be no more industry, no more, no more work going on. There will be no more preparing of food. We're going to read a phrase here about uh, a millstone that is not working. A millstone was used to grind grain. But at this point in the tribulation, nobody's preparing food. That's what I'm saying. Like even if somebody for the sake of the argument had, had put their money in their, under their mattress, said, well, I've got my money. I didn't lose it in the stock market. What are you gonna do with your money? Because now there's nobody making food for you to go out and buy it's all and there's no more industry. There's nothing at this point for anybody. There's no more power for lights, so it's, the world will be dark. And we read during some of the earlier judgments how darkness will come on the earth. And so at this point, John is kind of going back and highlighting that there's no more power for lights. There will be no more weddings taking place. Weddings are one of the happiest occasions in the world, but not during this time. There won't be any more weddings because there's, no, there's nobody celebrating. Now I've given you what we're going to. Uh, find out but look in verse 22 and 23 because they say it John says it even in a clear way the sound of harpist musicians flutist and trumpeters shall not be heard in you anymore no craftsman of any craft shall be found in you anymore. Now nobody's even doing any work. Earlier, they said, we've got all this stuff and nobody can buy it. And now they're saying they're not even making it anymore. No craftsman shall be found in you anymore. Now there's nobody even to buy from. And the sound of a millstone shall not be heard in you anymore. That is the grinding of grain, gone silent. Verse 23, the light of a lamp shall not shine in you anymore and the voice of the bridegroom and bride shall not be heard in you anymore for your merchants were the great men of the earth for by your sorcery, all the nations were deceived and in her was found the blood of prophets and saints and of all who were slain on the earth. And so now what we're seeing is the tables are being turned. This spirit of Antichrist, this spirit of Babylon, this evil empire that has a political aspect, a religious aspect, and a financial aspect that has persecuted and executed the people of God those who were saved during the tribulation, who refused to take the mark of the beast, who gave their hearts to Jesus Christ. And yet, because of their faith in Christ, they were persecuted by the Antichrist and by this evil empire. Now the tables have turned, again in verse 24, and in her was found the blood of all the prophets and saints and of all who were slain on the earth. And now, as they have done, it is being done unto them. The the stone that they rolled against the people of God is now being rolled against them. And we see the judgment and we see the justice of God as he himself is dealing with, and, and not just dealing with, judging, punishing, and destroying those who have rejected him and who have persecuted his people. We hope that today's
0: message, When the World Economy Collapses, has been a help to you today. You can find this message and many others on our website www.peacebybelieving.org under the broadcast tab. If you would like to watch videos of previous sermons in this Revelation series, you can go to www.fbp.org slash revelation. If you would like to grow in your relationship with the Lord, we have some resources that we believe will help you. Simply look for the booklets tab on peacebybelieving.org. The booklet In the twinkling of an eye is a great companion study to go along with John's message today. Do you have peace in your life? If not, look for the Find Peace tab on our website to find out how Jesus can give you the peace that you are looking for. We invite you to connect with us on social media. Please like at Peace by Believing on Facebook or follow at PBB underscore on Twitter to stay up to date with the ministry of Peace by Believing and then share Peace by Believing with your friends. Thank you for being with us today, and we look forward to you joining us on the next Peace by Believing with John Redmond.